0: Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. So hello everyone and welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at NOW Media Group. Today we welcome Gavin Hamilton to Business Matters. Gavin, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: No problem. Gavin is the Vice President of Business Development for the Kelowna Rockets. And we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of stuff today about the season that just happened or the half season or quarter season that just happened and what the season might look like and all the questions. So. So you guys have gone through an interesting year, for sure, or a year and a bit. You you had canceled season, uh, no Memorial Cup, then a shortened season, no fans. I'm curious, like, you know, businesses go through, everyone's gone through something different when it comes to, but how were you guys able to get through that? Like, like, what did, what did it feel like going through it and how did you guys get through it as a
1: team? It, it certainly was a strange, I guess, probably 18 months. Um, we were, I guess, we're fortunate in one sense. We're we're a family-owned business, and um, you know, we everybody made sacrifices, and and you cut wherever you can. Unfortunately, we had to let you know some people go just because we there was no sales or anything, no 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 revenue coming in at all for those 18 months. So you um, you know just cut back everywhere you can, and and everybody does. Probably two or three jobs compared to the one they used to have, and um, you know we were, I guess we're fortunate in the sense that being a part of the Western Hockey League, you had 22 other teams that were all in the same boat. Uh, It varied from province to province, and then certainly in the states. But um, that was, you know, that was probably certainly something that was a was a help. I guess if you had to find a a silver lining in it, Um, you had other teams that were in the exact same position and, and budgets and things like that. So um, that that made it somewhat easier for people to bounce things off of and find out what they were doing and they would ask what we were doing. So it, uh, it was a tough 18 months to say the least. And uh, it's really exciting to come out now and just kind of see things getting back to normal.
0: For sure. And, and you mentioned sort of the shortened season that just happened. I, with no fans curious like why did the season even happen was it because of like why did why did the chl why was because there was no playoffs like what was the reason that it actually happened it,
1: it really because we are a developmental league um you know we felt it that we owed it to our players to have some sort of a season that they could be seen by the nhl teams especially the kids that are going to be drafted um you know the older the 20 year olds working to try and get ahl jobs and things like that so it it uh you know I, again there was zero revenue and an awful lot of expense to it yeah. um but it was you know it really was for the players to give them at least some semblance of some games that that had some meaning to them and uh you know hopefully um it helps them and and, and it's certainly you know the only people in the rink were the nhl scouts. so uh you know, we owed it to them as well, because they're a big partner of the Canadian Hockey League, the NHL is, and so um, it was done in conjunction with them, really. So did it make it harder, or does it make it harder to
0: even, like, keep or recruit players? Did you see any of that? Like, did players go find other places to play, because there was no no season, or was there just no hockey anywhere, that it didn't really affect that as much? Uh,
1: There was a little bit of that. Um, There was a couple leagues going down in the U.S. that you know, they, they were going full tilt the whole time with fans. Um, so there was some players that from our league, especially some of the younger players, uh, went down and, and, you know, got on with those teams, again, really just to have a chance to be seen by NHL scouts. So um, there was, you know, a little bit of that, not a lot, because the players also understood that, you know, really they, they still belong to us in terms of we held their rights and um, not that you're going to ever tell somebody they can't do something but um, you know and that was certainly part of us keeping our guys was you know what we're doing everything we possibly can to put some sort of a season together for you so hang in and, and we were very fortunate all our, all our guys showed up and uh, the only ones that couldn't come were U.S. born players or our European players so
0: Interesting. Um, I swear it's not going to be all about bad news, but um, obviously a major disappointment when Moral Cup had to be canceled because Kelowna was going to be the host. Has there been any discussion? Is it really too early to even really have those discussions about will Kelowna host another cup soon? Is there like, has there been any discussion around that whatsoever?
1: Um, Little bits and pieces. Um, I think really what's what's going to happen is it's going to become much more of a CHL event Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the criteria for choosing a team and stuff are going to change. Um, it'll be, you know, more of a committee from the Canadian hockey league. It'll still rotate. So it was supposed to be in Ontario this past May. So it'll be in Quebec in 2022. And then it would come back to the Western hockey league in 2023. Um, so I think some of the criteria are going to change. Um, you know, we would certainly, if the stars aligned and, and, you know, we thought we were going to have the team, that's the other thing, you know, we had kind of built our team for 2020. So then can you build a team again for 2023? Um, there's a lot of things, you know, still up in the air. There's a lot of things we'd have to do with the building again. Um, and, uh, but you know, it, it, we're never, we would never say never but um, it'll be a little while I think before those decisions are made and, and how the new criteria is going to come out. Fair enough, fair enough. So um, getting
0: to this season so I, 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 and I'm not sure how far um, discussions have been or if anything's written in stone but what are we anticipating for this up, upcoming season? There's been discussion about start dates, is it going to be a full season, is there limited capacity, is it wait and see, like how much has been finalized and how much are you still just waiting to hear? Uh,
1: right now, uh, we're all going forward as if it's going to be a normal year. Um, the schedule will be a, a full 68 game schedule, so 34 home, 34 away. Um, the, there's been, you know, a few tweaks to it where we'll play more times against BC teams just to cut down on the travel to whether it's Alberta. We'll still play cross-border games with the U.S. So right now our home opener would be October 1st versus Everett. Um, so, you know, from what we've been led to understand and, and the league has been involved uh, with all the provincial health authorities right from when everything started and, and have continued to be. Um, you know, we're under the impression that the border will be open and our our, you know the teams will be able to go back and forth. If by chance uh you know it doesn't open in October, then we've got a contingency plan of the, the schedule would change and we would play BC teams again, almost like we did with that shortened season, we'd play some BC teams. There might be something into Alberta. US teams would all play against each other, but um, you know, from everything we've been hearing and led to believe so far we should be okay. But, um, and from a capacity point of view, um, what we've really done is, is gone away from that hundred percent capacity requirement to what we would refer to as average capacity. um, Because, you know, most nights every drink isn't full. So, um, you know, if we had, as we called average capacity, if we could have 5,000 or 5,500 fans, that would be great. Um, you know, we certainly, from a business point of view, you know, need to have 60 to 75% capacity just to be able to want because as soon as you start the season, then all your expenses start. Yeah. And also once you open the building, you know, there's going to be added expenses just in, uh, you know, care and servicing and cleaning things like that which everybody's got plans for so um but yeah we're we're going ahead our season ticket renewals go out on monday and a lot of people it's been actually very exciting because a lot of people have been phoning you know when are the renewals coming out and uh, and getting new people phoning for season tickets so i think i think we're gonna have a really good demand for tickets and hopefully we can have people in and They can enjoy some rocket hockey live. Well, I think that I was going to ask, like, I I, do you
0: dissipate lots of pent up demand for tickets because people have been, I mean, even with not everyone's a soccer fan, but Euro Cup, like they set a record for Mm -hmm. viewers, and then people are just there's pent up demand just to watch sports and being
1: being able now to get potentially back in the arena to watch a game. Oh, I I think I think we are, and and it's it's interesting because. Up until um, you know early, late May, early June, you know it was still kind of the things weren't that bright at the end of the tunnel. And then all of a sudden, you know, the government started making announcements that you know by July things would be open and and masks and and everything. So far has gone according to plan without any yep. glitches. So um, you know we've we've seen it around our office and just people coming in now are just. is i I think there is going to be a pent-up demand for live entertainment and and uh whether it's hockey or or going to the casino or whatever i think people are just excited to get out and do things yeah i know for sure it's
0: interesting because we just um i want to switch a little bit to you know you're you guys the rockets organization that has so many alumni playing in the nhl and the reason i want to switch a little bit because we just went through it just went with the stanley cup finals uh, and I might miss so Shea Weber, Luke Shen, Calfoot. Is there anybody else that would have missed that played in the finals? Uh, no,
1: those were the three.
0: Um, and and not only just playing in the AHL though, like people that are so like Shea Weber so important to a role of the team, like like it's and then you know Duncan Keith getting traded all over the news to Edmonton, but again like such an important figure in the AHL. So do you feel like? I don't, like a proud dad when you see the alumni competing in the NHL. Like, cause, like, there's not many organizations that can chop, can write down so many players that, like I said, not just playing but actually playing such integral roles with
1: teams in the NHL too. No, we've been we've been really fortunate. You know, we've had a lot of guys come through that uh, have been you know very prominent NHL players. And uh, you know, I know Duncan. I text with him you know pretty regularly, just checking in, and and he's you know I I, I was in one sense really surprised he was going to leave Chicago because such a iconic franchise and to be able to finish your career with the team that drafted you. Um, But he certainly, you know, was doing it for all the right reasons. He wants to be closer to his little guy and um, you know, Shay and and Luke Cal didn't um, you know, play in the finals. I don't think, but um, you know, certainly texting back and forth with, with them and, um, and at the end of it, you know, Luke was so kind because he said, you know what, it's great to win a second one. He says, most guys don't even get to win one. And he says, I just feel so bad for Shay because he says he's been the face of that team for so long and has been in the league so long. And, and he says, you know what? I may not have another chance to win one, but you know, his time starts running down too. Cal foot, he could win five yeah. more type of thing. Yeah. But it was it was it's interesting how, you know, as professional players, they play against each other, but also they do still share the fact that they were both rockets and and that uh, it was pretty cool for our franchise to have, you know, somebody was gonna get their another Stanley Cup on the wall. Right.
0: And, and do you, do you mentioned sort of you communicate, you're texting with some, like do a lot of them come back in the off season? Do they come to Kelowna or do you communicate with them on a somewhat regular basis?
1: Uh, several of them do come back. Um, Duncan always goes back to Penticton. Um, right, right. Jamie Ben goes back to Victoria, mm. um, you know, but Shea, um, there's, there's a, quite a few of them, Tyler Myers, uh, a lot of them come back to Kelowna and spend the summer. And so, you know, I get lucky and go golfing with them. And, uh, you know, Josh Georges is here and and he, you know, still stays in touch with all of them, of course. And um, Blake Como's getting home, I think, tomorrow for about six weeks. Uh, so they do. They, they all like to end up back here for a little while
0: anyways. That's interesting. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the history of the team and, and – a lot of people know about it, but some might, some newer maybe fans might not. So the team moved from Tacoma to, to Kelowna, but can you kind of go back to kind of how that all came about? Obviously, we don't have, you know, I'm sure we could have a two-hour discussion about it. So Nicole's notes and how, it, you know, how we went from Tacoma to Kelowna and how you guys got involved and in, to what the Rockets are today.
1: Sure. Oh, um, well, we started the team in Tacoma as an expansion team in uh, 1991. And um, we, we still laugh about it as being one of the, the luckiest things we ever did. But the Tacoma area is certainly full of, there's military bases and, uh, you know, that whole kind of Washington area. Um, and so we had come up with, with the name, The Rockets. And uh, after we announced it, which was kind of surprising, but then we... We found out back in, I believe it was the nineteen thirties or nineteen forties, there was actually a hockey team in Tacoma called the Rockets. Okay. And so it was kind of lucky for us. And it a lot of people actually connected the Rockets with hockey, which in that area, you know, Portland had a team, Seattle had its team, but um, you know we were competing against baseball and basketball and high school football and college football and everything. There's so many different sports down there. Uh, So we just, it was kind of a lucky, lucky thing we did. And, um, and we so we were there for four years. We played out of the Tacoma dome, which was 22,000 seats for hockey. Um, Not great seats. Uh, It's a, it's a, unbelievable venue for concerts. We saw some awesome concerts when we lived there. Um, but, uh, and it was just, it was it was tough. If we, we played Seattle, I can remember our whole family was down there for opening night. And uh, we were playing Seattle and we had 16,000 people for the home opener on a Saturday night. And then on Sunday we played Brandon. And so we're walking around thinking we are the smartest family in the world. Look at this. They're just gonna come in here every night. On the Sunday game against Brandon, we had 2,200 people.
0: (laughs) 2,200
1: people in a 22,000 seat rink doesn't look very good. So um, so we learned it, it, you know, if we, if we, every time we played Seattle, we averaged probably 15,000. You know, we drew really well against the US teams Canadian teams, not so much, especially the Prairie teams. Um, you know, Kamloops would come down. People certainly knew in the States who the Blazers were because they had a really good history and their uh, Memorial Cups and stuff. But uh, it just got to the point where it wasn't feasible and there just, on the horizon, wasn't anybody willing to build, you right. know, a, a six or 7,000 seat rink. Yeah. Um, so we ended up moving here in the summer of 95. Uh, And, you know, Bruce and I still talk that, you know, if if there was a rink there of six or 7,000 seats, it it probably would be a very viable Western Hockey League market still. Yeah.
0: So how did you guys get involved in the first place? Like, what, what, what were you sitting around the, having dinner and going, we're going to get a WHL expansion team in Tacoma. Like, how did that even come about?
1: Uh, Well, Bruce had, uh, worked for the Saskatoon Blades for a few years as an as assistant GM. Yeah. And then um, he worked for the Hartford Whalers as a, as a scout. So he was a fireman in Saskatoon at the time. Yeah. And so the fire department, it, that those hours worked really good. So he did a lot of scouting. And his area was the Western Hockey League um, on the west. So he had he been in Portland a lot. He'd been in Seattle. Um, you know, been and BC, Kamloops, stuff like that. So when we were looking to, so he had come up with the idea of, you know what, maybe we should get in the hockey business because he always wanted to get back into it.
0: Right.
1: And uh, so we sat down, there was him, my younger brother and dad, and we were the kind of the ones that started the ball rolling. And then uh, I have a sister in Edmonton and a sister in Mexico that are all involved. And then we had some local shareholder shareholders in uh, Tacoma. Right. And uh, we, we chose Tacoma just mostly because in talking to the guys that own Portland and Seattle, they said it would be, you know, a perfect spot because you're right in the middle of those two centers. So you've got rivalries built right in. Yeah. Um, there was a, you know, a really good interest from the city for having a team there. So they were quite the, you know they did a lot of things for us and and made it you know as smooth as ever and um so yeah we I think we were awarded it in 1990 and we started playing in 91.
0: And what were you doing before you guys got into the, the hockey business?
1: Uh, I was actually in the car business. Oh, okay. And uh um I was running a dealership in Canmore, Alberta and Bruce uh he had been down in Tacoma for almost a year and it was just, it was a little overwhelming in terms of trying to be the, the GM right. the president of the team, but also running a business side of something that you'd never really been involved in. And we had a really good, we'd hired a, a guy out of baseball and he was excellent from the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, we, I wanted to, to get into it in the sales side of things and Bruce needed some assistance. So it worked out really well. And, uh, it was a great four years there. I met my wife there, um, married her and brought her back here. She's still working. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh,
1: It was, Tacoma was a neat place. It was, it was, it was a fun four years. Um, but in all honesty, wouldn't trade anything for where we are now. Yeah, for sure. Has there
0: ever been, um, a desire to, from your point of view, to go to like I don't go into the NHL or anything like have you, have you ever thought of or is you know you're, you're I get it, it's harder because it's a family business your own business but has there ever been desired to kind of look at something and go hey like just to go try it
1: probably when I was younger okay. um, you know you think about doing something like that um by the same token I was you know really fortunate that um being a family owned business. I I got to work beside my wife and I got to work beside my brother. My brother some days wasn't, you know, we have our ups and downs, (laughs) um, as brothers do, but, um, you know, and, and being on the ownership side, you do have a little bit more control and it was, it was such a exciting time to be doing what we were doing. And, uh, you know, I guess in the the big picture, we never really looked at going anywhere else because we were um, doing what we love to do here and had family here and my mom and dad were here. And uh, uh, so it, you know, moving on and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy to get into the NHL. Um, You usually, you know, have to start in a very minor role and, and work your way up. And I guess it would be, you know, you go in, leave the role you're in now and start over, you're kind of thinking, hmm, so. Yeah.
0: Grand, the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys had a, have had a real, like, a winning culture, I would say, and there's always a drive to be, like, a competitive team and, and and it's not easy to do in, in a, like, a league like the WHO because you said you're always, you feel like you're, you build for something that you got to rebuild and you got to build for something and you got to rebuild. But, you know, I think it's fair to say, you know, you've had almost more success than most, especially WHL teams for sure, right? So where does that come from? Like, where, where does what's, what's the secret sauce of, like, where, where does that drive and where does that come from to deliver such a, to build that sort of culture that you put out on the ice all the
1: time? My brother, Bruce, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, he is, uh, you know, one of the most competitive people I know but um, just has, has a drive to always try and win. And, yeah. uh, you know, over the years, you, you have some fortune. I mean, we were lucky, too, to have a guy by the name of Lauren Fry that went out and found a lot of the players. And, um, but, uh, you know, Bruce has just always had that desire to win. And, and, uh, but to do it. You know, with I guess we always talk about it of, of having good guys play for you, right? And we've been fortunate. You know, we've had guys like Shea Weber and Josh Georges and Jamie Ben and Tyler Myers and Tyson Berry and Leon Dreisaitl, and you know, just really good players. Um, and you see teams that sometimes don't have success you think they should, mm-hmm. and it's you know can sometimes be tied back to one or two players that just don't buy in or they could be the most talented players in the world, but they're not good teammates. And uh, so that, that whole culture thing is important. Um, I know, you know, he would, he would say that, you know, there's probably been a couple of coaching things along the way that maybe if you could do over, you would, Um, you know, Mark Hapside was great for us when he came in, he, you know, he taught our team how to win. Yeah. And then after a while you kind of run your course, you know, probably one of the best coaches we've ever had was Ryan Huska. You know, he was just such a good guy and um, such a smart coach yeah. and great family guy. He just, he's everything you would want in a head coach. Um, and now, you know, he's moved on and working yeah. with Calgary flames and, and hopefully one day will be head coach. Um, but now we're kind of, you know, with Chris Millette, we're back to guys that played for us. Right. And and that's where, what Bruce, I think would say is go back to guys that have been through the Rockets, um, or with Chris and who's ever going to be the assistants coming along, going back. We always hired from within, you know, pretty much every time we replaced a coach, it was with an assistant coach because the head coach had got a job you know, in the NHL or the AHL. So that's probably a big thing too, is just that consistency and our culture. And that word get used gets used a lot, but you you do try and develop a culture. Well, and I think it's, it's
0: one thing to say that we want to put a winning team together. And another thing to actually do, it. like you said, there's so many teams, you probably look and go, wow, this should be really good, but they're not, right? And it could be who knows for so many reasons. So it's, I think that's a you know real testament to like not only just saying you're going to have a winning organization, but actually doing it and showing being able to look, look at the names you just named. Not even in not just the players, even the coaches that moved on yeah. and into the into that. And that's just as important too. So interesting. Um, we're we're going to take a little bit of a side, and then we're going to come back. I got a few more questions, for that, but we're going to know you a little bit more, um, and we're going to just park hockey for a little bit. But Uh, What was your very first job you ever had?
1: My very first job was working in a feedlot in Saskatoon. My older brother Lyle uh, worked for a a ranching outfit and part of their their jobs or part of their holdings were a feedlot. And so he got me a job when I was uh, probably 14, 13 maybe. Um, basically knocking down feeders and feeding mm. the cattle and dive, driving a dump truck and used to get out of bed. I think used to try and we had to be at work at about 5.30. So <laughs> up at 4.30 and it was good though. Taught me yeah. a lot.
0: Um, when you're not at work, I guess, where do you find, what's the
1: best way for you to spend time away from, from the office? Uh, I love golfing. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, and it probably gets old after all, but I'm lucky because Bruce is here and my younger brother Brent, Brent is here. Uh, Bruce's son Curtis uh, is home, and we'll go back overseas playing hockey this year. But uh, the last last summer and this summer it's been great, so we've all got to golf together an awful lot. So um, that means a lot. And uh, spending time time with my wife Annie. Um, we're fortunate we have a pool, so we can just kind of hang out, and yeah. we've got a. Cocker Spaniel and a cat. and uh, That's their household. Um, if you had an opportunity, you, you've probably been able to, to
0: meet a lot of famous people in sports specifically, but if, if you could just grab a cup of coffee with anyone famous, is there someone that you haven't met that you'd love to sit down and
1: chat with or someone maybe you haven't met before that you love to just go, go grab a coffee and just talk to? You know, it's funny you bring that up because we were talking kind of about that Concept, and I think probably a, a person that I would like to do that with would be a, a, probably Barack Obama.
0: Okay, yeah, I always
1: thought he was a very interesting, interesting man, and, and to to kind of find out, you know, some background on him. Um, I've heard of people that have seen him speak and, and spoken with him, and he's a very interesting guy, but so that's kind of maybe out. In, completely left field but yeah probably you know um you know probably would be more interested in talking to uh you know like uh Rory McIlroy or somebody like that like almost a golfer more hockey I see a lot of hockey guys but uh, you know somebody in a different sport would be really cool to sit down and visit with um when
0: we're able to travel what was one of the favorite places you ever visited or somewhere that you're like I'd love to go back New York City mm.
1: in a heartbeat Annie was born outside of New York and we've been there a couple times and okay. it, the first time I went I thought what are you talking about I'm not sure I want to go to New York loved it and then loved it so much that we went about two years later and spent about 12 days and wow. just I wasn't sure I would like a city that big but it was just there was so much to do so much to see uh, the people were so nice. Um, and we, you learned very quickly how to ride the subway and yeah. you can go an awful lot of places. We were fortunate. To, uh, uh, a guy that I had got to know through the Memorial Cups from Getty Images, um, their offices were there and he gave us tickets to the Yankees every time we were there. So we got these skookum club seats at, the, at Yankee Stadium to watch the ball game. And that was. My wife will tell you that I spend more time walking around, checking out the concessions than watching the game. <laughs> <Isn't> that's
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> that's uh, good food and beer. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, New York City um, or San Francisco. We've been to San Francisco a few times too and um, just love that city too. So, is, is there a place that you haven't gone to yet that's on your bucket list that you'd love to get to? Um, you know... I've uh we've been to Hawaii which was really nice um Andy's never been to Florida so one time we talked about going to Florida um what we'd really like to do and and we thought we were going to get more of a chance but when we went to Halifax for Mm. the 2019 Memorial Cup um we had kind of planned on spending a little more time there and being able to go see go to Prince Edward Island and, and some of the other maritime provinces because she just loves the east coast right and um but it just in the in the in the time that we had there we were so busy doing memorial cup work and then once you know we're there for 10 days it just doesn't leave a lot more time to be away from Kelowna yeah to do a lot of touring around so that was that was probably that would be another thing on our bucket list would be go right across Canada or even get to the maritimes and and uh of them because I just I, I love these coasts too yeah that'd be pretty spectacular you mentioned you visit
0: you visited concession stands at Yankee Stadium if, if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life is your what's your favorite what's your go-to food
1: yikes uh it would probably be turkey dinner
0: <laughs> okay
1: that's a good one that's good with all the fixings. that's good I love turkey dinner with all the fixins
0: yeah that's a good one um, I'm curious with so many ex Rockets in the NHL, do you actually have a favorite NHL team? Is there someone you cheer for more than others?
1: You know what? I don't. Know to tell. I, uh, I usually wait till the playoffs to decide who my favorite team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to do that with football too, so that kind of drives my wife nuts. Yes. Um, she's a San Francisco 49er fan and a New York Yankee fan, and those are, there's no changing that. Yeah. Um, I can, I'm a certainly a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan cause I came from Saskatoon and those roots run deep, yeah. but, uh, no, come, come NHL time. It's usually a team that one of our guys is on when it's getting close to the end. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That's good. So what did you cheer for Montreal? Because
0: our Canadian were cheering for Montreal, but
1: I, I was cheering for Montreal. I was cheering for Montreal because I really wanted to see a Canadian team win. Yeah. Um, I love the history of the Montreal Canadiens yeah and would have given anything to have Shea Weber win yeah. yeah fair enough fair yeah enough. well thank you for
0: answering this question do you have a couple more sort of we'll go back to sort of rocket questions is sure is, is there um and this one would be a tough one for you but you've obviously witnessed some amazing years memorable moments we talked about players is there a moment, though, that really stands out for you? Like, over the years, is there a couple that are something that really stands out to, like, that just that play back in your mind that just been
1: amazing, that
0: really, like, maybe, when I ask this question, that really stands out for you?
1: Um, I would have to say probably in uh, 2003, when we first won a league championship, um, we weren't really supposed to win that year because we were building for the next year in 04 when we were going to host it. Right. Um, but yeah, I believe we won that one in Red Deer and that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of my favorite all time moments as well would be in, uh, 2009 when we were playing Calgary in the league championship. And that's when we had, uh, Tyson Berry and Jamie Ben. Um, and, uh, we were, I think we had won the first two games in Calgary, came back here and won. So we were up three games to one, then they won the fourth game here. We had to go back to Calgary for game five and knew that we really had to win game six because then they're like, they were supposed to be so good and and nobody was going to touch them. And all of a sudden here we were up. And, uh, we came home for game six and, uh, Tyson Berry scored in overtime, uh, to win it on a nice little smooth pass from Jamie Benn. And that was, that was probably one of the most electric moments I, in, in 04 when the clock ran down, when we won the Memorial cup, but that instant when you've got 6,500 people yeah. in overtime to win the league championship, um, that was, that was pretty cool. Oh, interesting. That's awesome.
0: Um, what are we expecting this year from the team? What can we expect? What's what's, what's, what's the product that's going to be out there?
1: You know what? I think we're going to be, we're probably going to be a little younger than we thought we would be. Um, I think what we found in that shortened season, um, we have some young guys that are really good. and And a lot of teams of did that because there was you weren't you know playing for a championship so you could actually give your young guys some more ice time um and we were pleasantly surprised with some of the younger guys and and I shouldn't say we Bruce and the the coaching staff were were pleasantly surprised that some kids had taken some pretty good steps so I think um I would think we're going to be kind of middle of the pack to maybe upper pack and you know in the next two or three years i think we're gonna have a pretty good run of some some really good teams
0: yeah excellent well gavin thank you for joining me today i really enjoyed i know that i speak for the community i think to say that we can't wait to get back into Prospera place to watch some hockey so i think that everyone is like i said i think they're itching to get back so
1: um i'm sure that there'll be lots of support for the boys when the season starts for sure Well, I really appreciate you having me on today. It's been great to visit with you. Yeah, no
0: problem, Gavin. Thank you and best of luck this season. And uh, thank you for joining again. And for everyone else, have a great rest of your afternoon and day. And thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.